Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from a church in Piguan country, southwest Victoria, called Sanctuary. And today I'm reflecting on some promises that we find in Jeremiah chapter 31. So who among us has not broken covenant? Who among us has been always and entirely faithful in thought, word and deed to family, to friend, to spouse and to God? Who among us has always kept our word, our marriage vows, our baptismal vows, our other significant promises? Who among us has observed every Sabbath, neither buying nor selling nor working on this day, but setting it aside solely for play and rest and worship? Who among us has not once been jealous of our neighbour's house or car or life? Anyone? The silence speaks truth, because breaking covenant is what we all do. And breaking covenant is how the prophet Jeremiah gave meaning to the devastation of his country. Because the people sinned, he preached, because they lived without justice or compassion, because they rejected the gift of Sabbath, because they were faithless, God sent invading armies to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring evil. Houses were burned, crops were flattened, and bodies left lying in the street. The elite were carted off to Babylon, refugees fled to Egypt, and Jeremiah, he sought to make meaning of it all. Yet even as he interpreted the devastation as punishment for Israel's faithlessness, he realised that one thing was constant. God was constant. The God who made covenant with the ancestors would persist with Israel through its faithlessness and beyond. Perhaps you remember the covenant which God made with Noah and his wife and family. A covenant bending a great bow away from the earth that promised that God would never again do harm. Well, soon afterwards the people sinned and they broke covenant with God. But God tried again. Perhaps you remember the covenant God made with Abram and Sarai and all their descendants and how Soon afterwards, the people sinned and broke covenant with God. And God tried again. Perhaps you remember the covenant God made with Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness. The agreement was written in stone. It consisted of just ten commandments. Yet even as Moses came down from the mountain, the people were bowing down to their golden calf. Indeed, they sinned and broke covenant with God, and God tried again. 
God made covenant with Saul and David and Solomon. One way or another, they each were faithless. They each broke covenant and God tried again. And God made covenant through the prophets Isaiah and Hosea and Ezekiel. And again and again, the people broke covenant and God tried again. And Jeremiah, well, he saw the pattern. And so in Israel's time of terror and loss, he spoke it into a new generation. Yes, he said, the people had sinned, he said. But once again, God would renew the relationship and make a new covenant with them. And this covenant would not depend on carved tablets or written scrolls which could be smashed or stolen, desecrated or burned nor would it depend on an elite group of priests who could be slaughtered or hauled into exile. Instead, preached Jeremiah, this covenant would be written onto every person's heart. It would be portable. It would be invisible. It would be egalitarian. The word of Torah would be made flesh, able to be embodied by every person from the highest priest to the lowliest slave girl. And through this new covenant, the people would be brought into renewed relationship with God. In time, people and animals would be replanted in Israel and Judah, and the nation would be reborn. Jeremiah was preaching 600 years before Jesus walked the earth. But the word of God endures. It lives and speaks and continues to speak into new contexts, new cultures and new circumstances. And just as Jeremiah saw the pattern of God's faithfulness and interpreted it into a generation, so do Gentiles hear Jeremiah's words and see parallels with the person of Jesus. For Jesus incarnates the God made known through Jeremiah's preaching and other Hebrew scriptures. And Jesus invites us into relationship with this God through a new and renewing covenant. To be clear, this new covenant doesn't mean the former covenants are superseded or replaced or annulled. God is faithful and God is trustworthy. And so the former covenants endure. We must always remember that the gospel of salvation comes to the Jew first and only then to the Gentile. And you'll find that in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. As Jesus himself says, salvation is from the Jews. And that's in John chapter 4, 22. As Gentiles ourselves, we are late arrivals. And it's only by grace that we've been adopted into the covenant and grafted onto the vine. It is only by grace that we share in God's faithfulness to Israel. But what faithfulness it is. It's a faithfulness in which God takes the initiative. God doesn't wait for us to be faithful, nor does God wait for our repentance or the turning around of our lives. Instead, God meets us where we're at and simply offers God's self in enduring and loving relationship. And God doesn't cling to the hurt we've caused or the harm we've done or all the times we've turned our back. 
God doesn't measure us by our fickleness and our failures. Instead, God chooses to forgive and forget, neutralizing our guilt and freeing us to live expansively into the new relationship. And God, God is patient. God knows by now that we will be faithless, that every day of our lives we will break covenant with God and with one another. And yet, God keeps calling us into relationship. And God takes our hearts of stone and gradually turns them into flesh, pulsing with life and love and longing for God. And as God works in us and we respond as a covenant people, we will be transformed. We will show each other the love and justice and mercy that God has already shown to us. We will reflect God's gracious image to those around us. And we will live into God's good and hope-filled future. Again and again, God makes a new covenant, a new beginning in an ancient and enduring relationship. Again and again, God reveals God's self through scripture and silence, through Christ and country, through stranger, friend and enemy, and through the transformation of our hearts. Again and again, God works through the desolation of our lives, building and planting and renewing. Because despite our faithlessness, God insists, I will be your God and you will be my people. My word will be written on your hearts and you shall know me fully. For I have forgiven your sin and your faithlessness, and you are freed to live in the service of love. So let us bless the God of Israel, from whom salvation comes, who has graciously drawn us into the covenant and grafted us onto the vine. Thanks be to God. There's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org. And this week you'll find suggestions of what to say when you are caring for someone nearing the end of their lives. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. This week's reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequarung people of the Eastern Ma Nation a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. This week native bees have emerged, and every nectar-rich flower is abuzz. Lizards are basking on sun-warmed stone. Tussocks have sent forth great sprays of new growth, while the once bright wattles are now bedraggled and brown. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen.